Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Thank you for downloading this Intelligence Squared podcast. For more information on our debates, talks, and discussions, visit intelligencesquared.com and sign up to the newsletter. The debate motion we are discussing today is the art world is a boys club. That is the resolution that you will be thinking about and all of you voted coming in and you will be voting after you hear the arguments of the for side and the against side of this very consequential motion. By art world, we mean the men and women who work as artists, critics, curators, directors, and other museum professionals. It also refers to those involved in the economics of art dealing, gallerists, auction experts, and, of course, collectors. It means everyone in this room. By boys' club, we mean the social system that determines who succeeds, who leads, and who wins in the art world. The art world values unique works of art, lone genius, and the cult of non-convention. But those abstract values are actually quantifiable. As the Guerrilla Girls remind us, sexism might still rule. At the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City, less than 4% of the artists in the modern art section are women, but 76 of them, 76 of the nudes, on a view, are female. (laughs) But as the Eurocentric art world borders are expanding, as the amazing Art Basel Hong Kong demonstrates, are other traditional models also shifting? Can we feel positive about the growing numbers of women representation in all fields of art? We have a superb cast of debaters today arguing for and against the motion. And we are going to start with uh, Gregor Muir, who is our first speaker for the motion, The Art World is a Boys Club. Gregor is the executive director of the Institute for Contemporary Arts, known as ICA in London, where he has overseen a program of both men and women, um, featuring exhibitions by Tower Auerbach, Zhang Anli, Richard Hamilton, Bruce Nauman, and Jürgen Teller. Please welcome Gregor Muir to the podium. Thank you uh, very much. Warm welcome to you all. Just to say thanks to Intelligence Squared uh, for inviting me here today. Um, I also wanted to wish you all a very happy Mother's Day, uh, at least we forget. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm delighted to take part in this particular discussion with fellow panellists Charles and Elaine. I remain honoured to be sharing the same platform as Francis 
Maurice from Tate. In voting for Francis and I, you'll be agreeing that yes, the art world is a bastion of male privilege and prejudice, and you would indeed be correct in voting for the motion because it's true. And so the title of our debate, The Art World is a Boys Club, well, it, it, it is, that's beyond doubt. But uh, what do we mean by Boys Club? Well, let's take a look at the art market. Looking at the top 10 highest-selling American artists in 2014, Jeff Koons' Balloon Dog comes in at 58.4 million U.S. dollars, whereas Katie Noland, the only woman artist to make the shortlist that year, came in at 6.6 million dollars. That's a uh, million dollars. That's a big gap. Uh, only helped by the fact that a Louise Bourgeois outdoor spider recently sold for 10.7 million dollars. However, it remains common knowledge. Uh, inside the art world that women are undervalued in the market. Take, for instance, the top 100 auction sales for 2012 ranked by price, which reveals no women whatsoever. Meanwhile, what if we turn our attention to the museum world? Well, in terms of the top institutional jobs, Pompidou, Tate, New York, MoMA, Guggenheim, M+, well, you guessed it, all men. Uh, according to the recent Art Review Power 100, the top three commercial galleries are uh, commercial gallerists are David Zwerner, Ivanworth, and Larry Gagosian. This is what we mean when we say the art world is a boys' club. Let's look, look a little closer at these uh, key areas: artists, museums, and the market. Who dominates the field? Historically speaking, women are poorly represented, either inadvertently or intentionally, unscrupulous dealers going so far as to alter their signatures to boost the likelihood of sales. Take, for example, 17th century paintings by Judith Leister that were reassigned to Franz Howells. In a 1988 essay, Why Have There Been No Great Women Artists, Linda Nochlin argued that the rarity of female artists is in fact an illusion, owing to the fact that so many were overlooked or ignored and their work subsequently erased from the history books. Then there's the notion of the male genius, male genius in art, which uh, flies in the face of reason. In today's art world, we're more inclined to believe that important artists come to our attention regardless of gender, yet the contemporary art well demonstrates otherwise. Prior to working at the ICA in London, I was a senior director at Hauser & Wirth, where I worked with a number of extraordinary women artists, including Isa Genskin, who recently showed at MoMA in New York. Having spent time with Genskin, I firmly believe she uh, is one of the most important living artists working today. Uh, along the way, I encountered several voices who would go further, placing Isa above her former husband, Gerhard Richter. Uh, certainly, this is a view that Isa would share. Uh, similarly, it remains important for us to look at the work of the painter Lee Krasner without being overshadowed by her husband, Jackson Pollock. Moreover, we should have no hesitation in accepting the importance of American abstractionist Joan Mitchell, whose work has every right to be exhibited alongside Pollock's. However, Mitchell is yet to achieve Pollock's staggering prices, even though she was one of his contemporaries and a former drinking partner in New York's infamous Cedar Bar. When it comes down to it, the women can play just as rough and tough as the men, only to be ignored. When I asked the artist Sarah Lucas whether she might have a view on today, today's debate, she replied saying, it's not the art world that's a boys' club, Gregor, the world is a boys' club. On the whole, men get paid more, get better jobs, and are more likely to become Secretary General of the UN, and in keeping with this, the art world follows suit. 
Meanwhile, museums finally seem to be upping the frequency of women artists in their programs. In 2014, the Tate showed Henri Matisse, Mondrian, Richard Hamilton, and Milejevic, while this year it features, by contrast, Marlene Dumas, Kathy Wilkes, Sonia Delaunay, and Agnes Martin. But look again at the earlier 2013 program, and we find Paul Clay, Roy Lichtenstein, Larry Ed Rocher, and in 2012, Munk, Picasso, and Hearst. How male-orientated can you get? Looking at this year's Venice Biennale, 36% of the artists are female. <clears throat> not bad for Venice, but does this redress the balance, not just in terms of men historically dominating the national pavilions, but also in terms of the curation of the main international group show? Since its inception in 1962 of the 27 Biennales known to us, only two have been headed by women assuming the role of artistic director. And then there's the matter of family commitments. As art dealer Sadie Coles once said, children do have an impact on the amount of time that you can spend in the studio and jetting around the world. Tracy Emin also observed, there are good artists that have children. Of course they are. They're called men. Well... <laughs> Tracy, I hate to say it, but they're also called Paul Arego, Nancy Spiro, uh, and also Louise Bourgeois. Understand, uh, understood that artists such as uh, Frida Kahlo and Georgia O'Keeffe succeeded as artists without children, but women can have children and still be great artists. In London, we are in the fortunate position that a significant number of important public institutions, such as the Whitechapel, South London Gallery, and Serpentine Gallery, are run by women. However, the top Top-tier appointments are what we refer to as the nationals, such as the British Museum, Tate and National Gallery, remain firmly in the hands of men. Only in recent months was Patricia Barbizet uh, announced the first woman CEO, CEO of Christie's, or for that matter, any auction house I can think of. But once again, does this really change things? I just wanted to mention the role of the individual collector, who by purchasing more works by women artists could make a real difference. There are women who have long collected works by women, but to really change things, collectors in general may wish to ask, what is the spread of women artists in their collection? What should they be acquiring at fairs such as Art Basel Hong Kong? One of the great unsung collectors of women's art, to my mind, is Ursula Hauser, who did so much to encourage the collecting and representation of women artists at Hauser and Worth while I was there. She may have summed it all up one day when she said to me, no matter how hard men try to become successful artists, the women always have to try that much harder. That women artists have to undergo such pressures is surely evidence enough that the art world is a boys' club. Vote for the motion and help women artists. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, our first speaker against the motion is Director for Christie's Education in Asia, where she oversees the development of education programs across the Asia region. She's also an auctioneer for Christie sales in Hong Kong and London. Through auctioneering, she has supported numerous charities, including Asia Art Archive, Half the Sky, and the Women's Foundation. Please welcome Elaine Kwok. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. The motion today is, the art world is a boys' club. My job is to convince you that this motion is not true. So let's look at what a boys' club looks like. My first job out of school was in finance. 
at a prestigious firm on Wall Street. I remember that out of my training class of 30 new hires, only three were women. When I looked at the bosses, those Wall Street hotshots who were making the calls on which stocks to buy and which stocks to sell, almost all were men. I had heard stories from friends who had felt very awkward when their bosses and um, their clients bonded over trips to the strip club. Lucky for me, that never happened, but um, I didn't exactly fit in in that very male-dominated, very macho environment either. So ladies and gentlemen, that is what a boys' club looks like. The finance world is a boys' club, and the art world most certainly is not. After that job in finance, I didn't last very long, uh, I moved on to my first full-time job in the art world. I was at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in the development and fundraising office. The development office at the Met had a staff of about 40, uh, and if I remember correctly, two of those were men. And it wasn't like the men were running the department either. Uh, The two men who worked there, they looked after research and IT, which are very important, no doubt, but they weren't the ones who were going around asking the trustees for money. That job was left to the women. Membership and development accounted for about 40% of the museum's income, and the team there held very close ties with the trustees and the donors, who were very much a who's who of the art world of New York. So it's a pretty powerful department. The then head of development, Emily Rafferty, went on to become president of the museum, overseeing all matters related to operations, fundraising, membership, communications, legal affairs, finance, government relations, etc. That's a very powerful woman with a great deal of responsibility at one of the most important cultural institutions of the world, and she is not an outlier. The art world is filled with strong women in positions of power. My esteemed opponent, Frances Morris, she's head of collections international art at the Tate in London. She is responsible for acquisitions at one of the most influential museums of modern and contemporary art in the world. Pretty powerful, if you ask me. Our moderator of the panel, Alexandra Monroe, has one of the most important curatorial positions in the field of Asian contemporary art. She gives artists from this region of the world a platform in the international art scene that is New York. Let's not forget our founders and ladies here at Intelligence Square, Yana Peel, Sume, and Amelie. They are not only active through their patronage and curating in the art world, they also have the power and network to convene this extraordinary group of people and to draw together this size of an audience. So just in this room today, on and around the stage, are great examples of women who have incredible power and incredible success in the art world. Now let's not forget, many of us are here. The reason why many of us are here in, in Hong Kong today is because of Art Basel, probably the most important of the many contemporary fairs worldwide. And they've just announced that their new director for Asia is a lady. Adeline Oi. So now, boo hiss, my opponents will say. You know, just look at the numbers. Look at the top 100 lists. So I won't argue against the statistics, but I would like to question their relevance to the motion. So the motion here today is not there are more men in leadership positions in the art world or that art made by men sell for more than art made by women. The motion today is the art world is a boys' club. So a boys' club is an environment where the industry is dominated by men, where women have trouble breaking in due to entrenched biases and closed network. Is the art world a place where women are prevented from realizing their full potential due to their gender? I believe very few, if any, women in the arts would agree to this. 
Now, I'm mostly focusing on the professional side of the art world rather than on the side of the collectors. There are probably more male collectors than female because they're more wealthy men than female and than women. And while the person ultimately writing the check might be a man, um, his decision, though, is largely influenced and swayed by a whole world of professionals that's largely made of women. So they are influenced by the programs put together by the dealers, by the exhibitions organized by curators, by auctions sourced by specialists, and by the articles written by critics. Now, my opponents would enthusiastically offer to show that even in the world of professional, men are outranking women. But these figures need to be taken with a grain of salt, as they have been confounded with a wider trend in the audience. And that is the trend that many women choose to leave the workforce when they have children. So this is an issue that extends well beyond the art world, Uh, In the U.S., about 83% of men in their prime working ages have a job, while only 70% of women do. The numbers in the U.K. and China reflect this sort of gap. Arguably, this gap is probably larger in the upper classes, where more women actually have the option not to work. And we're talking about art historians here, not male delivery people. So when looking at all those lists with names of more men than names of women, it is not necessarily so that the men are keeping women out of positions of power, but simply because there are more men competing in the talent pool. To juggle family life in a serious career is tough, and today we're not here to have the lean-in, opt-out debate. Going back to our motion, the art world is a boys' club. The issue is then, for those women who choose to stay in the art world, Are they empowered to get to where they want? For a young woman who is thinking of joining the art world, are there strong female role models for them to aspire to? And so just looking at the number of women who hold roles of power in the art world, whose decision make an impact on the industry, the answer is clearly yes. Now, in this rich and complex ecosystem that is the art world, women are blazing the trail. My colleague Charles will speak more about women in the roles of dealers and critics and curators, but I would like to give you a little bit of insight into the auction world, and specifically Christie's. At Christie's, women account for roughly 60% of total employees, and it's not the case that women are just the interns and the receptionists. As Gregor very kindly pointed out, our current CEO, Patricia Babaze, is a woman, and women actually account for roughly half of the senior leadership positions at Christie's. So from the International Head of Impressionists and Modern Art to the President of Christie's China to the Head of Education, these are ladies at the forefront of the art market, putting the works in front of collectors and driving their buying and selling decisions. So maybe Christie's is a pretty enlightened place to work, but I actually think our demographic figures are representative of this industry. So I believe that part of the reason why men hold so many positions of power in the arts is a legacy issue. While the art world is no longer a boys' club, historically, it certainly has been one. But all this is changing, and let me give you a more concrete example of what I'm speaking about, auctioneers at Christie's. So if you picture in your head an auctioneer at Christie's, what do you think? Probably an old white man. And that's what I used to think before I became an auctioneer. And for years and years of our company's histories, not only were these old white women, old white men <laughs> taking our auctions, they were also running our company. Now, of Christie's current roster of 66 auctioneers, there are 46 men and 20 women. On the surface, that's not very encouraging. Yet of the new auctioneers in the last five years, there are nine males and 12 females. Elaine, I'm so, sorry, your time is up. I'll just Thank finish a sentence. One sentence. Okay, so... 
the fact that there are more men than women is not keeping women out of this traditionally male profession. And in fact, females auctioneers have been embraced into the profession as they have been into the art world. So thank you very much for your support against the motion. Our second speaker for the motion is head of collections of international art at the Tate Modern and responsible, as we've heard, for the Tate's acquisitions program of art from across the world from 1900 to the present day. She was formerly head of displays at Tate Modern and her past exhibitions and catalogs include the Tate's Tate Modern's retrospectives of Yayoi Kusama in 2012 and the major retrospective of Louise Bourgeois, uh, which opened at the Tate Modern in October 2007. So the podium is yours, Francis. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here this afternoon um, to take part in this extremely important debate, and uh, I'm siding with Gregor for the motion. Um, I'm flattered by Elaine's remarks um, about the power of women in the art world, um, but I have to remark th that my own career of almost 30 years now in the art world, during that time, I have always worked for a male boss. And that mm. has very much coloured my experience of the art world, a boys' club. I want to begin by addressing uh, some of the younger members of our audiences. We have two young women here. And I want to tell you that if you want to pursue a career in the arts, you've got a very strong chance of getting into art school. In London today, 65% of all students studying fine arts are women. Isn't that incredible? Creativity, talent, coming through the schools, getting to art school. If you then decide to go on and make your career from your studies, if you want to go on and be an artist, unfortunately, the statistics change. London galleries represent only 35% of their artists are women. So once you've gone through your studies, it's, you're less likely to get ahead. Now we have a young man here. He might too want to be an artist. So if he goes to art school in New York, he'll be one of 50% of the students who are making it. If he goes on to want to be an artist following that time, he's in a much better position. He's going to be among 78% of the male artists on show with New York galleries. So this is a, a puzzling and actually, it's a frightening statistic. We have this huge cohort of really intelligent, educated young women, passionate about art. But what's happening to them? They're not pursuing their goals. Why? Okay, so there are two possibilities here. Nobody's mentioned the first possibility, but we have to bring it. It's the elephant in the room. Maybe women artists are simply not as good as male artists. We have a famous... Uh, art critic in London, Brian Sewell. He wrote for many years for the Evening Standard. And he was unashamed in his celebration of the superiority of male art. In fact, he is on record as saying that there was no single female artist of a first rank or even the second rank. Now, he didn't diagnose the reasons why, but that is one plausible argument for why you girls will probably not make it as artists. But there is, of course, another reason, and that may be the boys' club, okay? The boys' club. The boys' club has a long history. Its roots go very, very deep, and, of course, deep roots are difficult to pull, and we need to talk about that because there's the boys' club and its roots, and then there's the institutional reality of today's art world, and it's 
No surprise to any of us that that institution is part of the bigger institution that's made up of our social, our economic, our political uh, structures. So let's think about history. Let's think about the pre-modern world. Let's think about the history that our museums represent. Of course, in the pre-modern period, there were many female artists. There were wonderful watercolours, landscapes, still lives made by hundreds of thousands of women. You will never have heard of any of those women. They worked from home, in the home. Painting their watercolours was part of what they did, subsidiary to their domestic duties, something they occupied their hours with before they got married and had children. Meanwhile, their muscular, virile brothers were able to pour their artistic talent into their achievements at the great academies of learning. London's Royal Academy was where male artists learned to become the great painters of their age, the 18th and 19th centuries. Women were excluded from the life-drawing classes unless they were prepared to take off their clothes. So men painted and women modelled. So what changed in the modern era? I want to return to that statistic that Alexandra Munro mentioned, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Its contemporary and modern team, led by a female chairman of art. The Metropolitan's modern collection, 3% of the artists, only 3% are women. If you look at the art on the walls, 83% are paintings of naked women. So the women are getting in, but they're still taking off their clothes. <laughs> so then there are the isms, the great isms. Impressionism, Cubism, Expressionism, Surrealism. Male artists taking the nude, deconstructing it, tearing it apart, chiseling it, reconstructing it, laying it bare, all in the name of innovation. And who wrote the history of modernism? Alfred Barr a male art historian, a male curator, writing arts history about male art, male painters bought by male collectors, shown in museums run by male directors. <laughs> so, it's what, what does that mean? The legacy for you young women, the legacy for all of us, is that the history that you see, the role models that our museums portray, our role models of men, muscular, uh, painters, sculptors, depicting women. What does that do for today's generation of young people? What this has meant historically is that when, during the 50s and 60s and 70s, there was a social revolution and women become, you know, begin to come to the, the fore, what you find happening with those great women artists, and one thinks of Eva Hesse or Louise Bourgeois, Yayu Kusama, we talked about earlier, and Alexandra and I have both been part of Yayoi's great adventure, is that those women tended to avoid the traditional areas of art practice because they were so owned by men. So you get wonderful experimentation in other media and other forms, performance, um, installation, all the kinds of art that are difficult to bring to the marketplace. So you find this fantastic proliferation of activity and promise and creativity, but none of it is monetized. And those artists are coming to the fore now very late in their careers. It's this old lady syndrome. Finally, mm. we're beginning to realize just how extraordinary they were. But it's too late. They were exploited. They were, uh, they were um, excluded from the boys' club. So what about now? 
you know, where do we name and shame? Is it the galleries? Is it Gagosian? Is it David Sverner? Is it Hauser and Wirth? Or dare I say, is it Marion Goodman, Barbara Gladstone, Pearl Lamb, who's responsible? Of course, I too am responsible for that. I have... I have been passionate about supporting women's art throughout my career, but I'm ashamed to say that even my collection, art since 1900, only 19% of our artists are female. Artists born after 1965, 30%. But it's still that 30%, 30% at the museums, 30% at the galleries. What is happening? I argue that the boys' club is still there, it's still entrenched. This debate is not about providing answers, but a prerequisite of moving forward in any battle is to know your enemy. And the enemy for us women, for women artists, is the boys' club. Please support the motion. Thank you. Our last speaker against the motion is the publisher of Artform International Magazine. He is among the principal uh, founders of Bookform Magazine, Artform.com, and Bookform.com. In 2002, uh, he conceived and launched Art Guide, Artform's guide to exhibitions and events worldwide all of our Bible, of course. And in 2006, he founded Artform.com CN, uh, opening an office in Beijing to deliver original Chinese content. Please welcome Charles Corino. Ladies, <laughs> this is the current issue of Artform. That's a woman on the cover. You know, the first... Uh, inclination I had about this debate was when Yana said, um, would you consider it? And I said, well, who are you considering? And she sent me an email. 23 women and two men. Of the two men, one of them was Jerry Saltz. And he doesn't count. <laughs> the other one was Hans Ulrich Obrist, who actually counts too much. I was then sent um, an email that had the signature image of the event. And it was a photograph taken 62 years ago of the abstract expressionists. And it was called the Young Turks. 14 men and one woman. Woman, woman, sorry. And um, underneath it said, the art world is a boys club. Come to Hong Kong and decide for yourself. Decide what? What 14 and 1 add up to? <laughs> this proposal is written in the present tense. Let's just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And we have to ask, what's the, what, is, what, what, is, what is is, is is now, and um, the art world? What's the art world? I don't really know what it is for you. I think for a lot of people it's a notional place. Mm-hmm. It's an afternoon at the fair. It's lunch at the museum, followed by an opinion. It's, um, it's something that um, comes and goes, and the definition comes and goes. And I'm not here to debate statistics. I don't really want to... I, I don't need... Th- those are numbers. That's like debating climate change. That would be a fool's errand. What I'm here to talk about is uh, what the art world means to me. Now, for me, the art world has an address. It has a postal code. 
It has a phone number and a receptionist. It's my office. And that's not hubris. That's perspective. Anyone who actually makes a profession out of working in the art world looks at it through that lens. My passport is issued by Art Forums, Francis by the Tate, Gregor by the ICA, Elaine by Christie's. And that's the way we're obliged to look at it. So if I may, talk about Art Forum just a minute. In my 30-plus years at Art Forum, I have worked with five editors-in-chief. That would be three women and two men. And for the LGBT people... One of the men was straight, one of the men was gay, one of the women was straight, one of the women was gay, and one of the women was bisexual. So that's a perfect score. <laughs> Our current full-time editorial staff is composed of 11 women and four men. Our production department, four women and one man. Our advertising department spread around the world, 10 women and one man. In addition to our editor-in-chief, our business manager, our ad director, our circulation director, and our production manager are all women. Artforum.com employs six women and one man. Artforum's office in Beijing, six women and one man. Overall, the ratio is five to one. That is 56 women. Yes, it's a big payroll. That is 56 women to 12 men. Artforum issues 500 press cards around the world. And... 370 of them are to women. And in my tenure, I have been privileged to add the title publisher to three people. Now, yes, the three current publishers are men. We were all hired by a woman. And the three people that I have assigned that title to, who will, who will steward art forum when I'm gone, are all women. So by the time I check out, it's complete. <laughs> Let's talk, everyone has mentioned the elephant in the room. I'll tell you what the elephant is, and I'll tell you what the room is. The room is the convention center, which is arguably the biggest room in Hong Kong. And the elephant is the art dealers. Anyone who thinks that the art dealers aren't the heart and soul of the art world, they are just not thinking. They are the true visionaries. Art dealers are the only class in this entire art world who put their money where their eyes are. They take the most risks. Most of them started as artists. All of them are visionaries. And without the art dealers... Artists wouldn't know how to aspire. Collectors to collect, curators to curate, or museums to acquire. They are the ones. And in New York, which is the birthplace of this art world, and I'm sorry, for the, but it's true, the art world was mothered. It was not fathered. The most seminal gallerists in the world were women. Peggy Guggenheim, Gertrude Stein, Eleanor Ward, Virginia Dwan, Marion Willard, Eleanor Poindexter, Betty Parsons, Ileana Sonnabend, Joan Washburn, who gave way to the generation of Paula Cooper, Marion Goodman, Mary Boone, Barbara Gladstone, Holly Solomon, Angela Westwater, Monica Sprout, Louisa Strina, Helen Wiener, Janelle Rearing, Rona Hoffman, Betsy Miller, Pearl Lamb, Rochelle Lehman, Victoria Miro, who paved the way for women like Marion Boski, Tanya Benakdar, Carol Green, Pat Hearn, Tina Kim, Michelle Macaron, Philomena Magers, Getting Tired, I could go on, because there's 231 private galleries. You're all welcome to go out there and tell me who the women are. Now, oh, David Zwerner, he's sporting a pair of pants. Well, the last time I counted, he had five gallery directors, and all five were women. And if you go to Larry Gagosian's flagship gallery on Madison Avenue, and you ask to see the boss, if you think that's Larry, you don't know Dick, you will be shown to the office of one Melissa Lazaroff, who is the boss.
Yes, I wrote some stuff down. Now, if I asked you to name five celebrity male curators, while you were thinking of Oakley's last name, you would probably say Germano Chalant and Max Joni and Hans Ulrich and Hohan Ru, and then you stop and think, and while you were thinking, I would point out to you that all four of those dudes answer to a woman. That's the boss. And you might say, well, what about Klaus Biesenbach? His boss is a man. Yeah, but his boss's boss? That's Aggie Gund. That's a woman. And then I might say Kathy Halbrecht, Ann Temkin, Donna DeSalvo, Barbara Haskell, Nancy Spector, Naomi Beckwith, B.J. Kurger, Christine Massell, Anne Dressen, Lynn Cook, Beatrix Roof, Carolyn Christoph Bakergev, Alexandra Monroe. And as Alexandra knows, 16 of the Guggenheim's 22 curators in New York are women. And no discussion of museum directors can commence without speaking of Lisa Phillips, Thelma Golden, Ivana Blazwick, Julia Payton-Jones, Melissa Chu, Sabina Breitweiser, Chus Martinez, Giovanna Malandri, and many more, because these women have redefined the role of a museum in a modern society. They have made them essential places not only for exhibiting art, but for serving the community, bringing a character and a quality to the profession unknown when the art world was a boys' club. And I'm sorry, I'm going to finish. In September, Jerry Saltz wrote a column. It was a blog, actually. Jerry doesn't really have a column. He has, like, a Facebook page. And when it comes to paying the rent, his wife is the chief critic for the New York Times. She has the job. And he was bemoaning the greater number of male artists having September shows. And yes, it's true. But what he failed to mention were that most of the ads that he was talking about were bought and paid for by women. Now, in a lifetime of living and working for artists, I've come to the conclusion that to be an artist is more of an affliction than a vocation. And a lot of you aren't going to like this. But I have, I have, through experience, can tell you anyone capable of doing another kind of work usually does. To be an artist, you need a really serious case of attention deficit disorder, a little bit of Asperger's, and you need what I can only describe as a man-sized ego. Because it takes Speaking a real leap of, of faith. Speaking of which, we're going to have to end. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say this. That picture that was taken 60 years ago of the 14 men and the one woman... Every single artist in that photograph was represented by either Eleanor Ward, Martha Jackson, Betty Parsons, Peggy Guggenheim, or Eleanor Lust. Thank you. Thank you. So that ends the uh, debating uh, arguments for the for and against side. The percentage of those who are who voted for the motion, the art world is a boys club, was 56%. Uh, the against, those who voted against the motion, the, uh, was 23%. And don't know was a whopping 21%. So those are the numbers to beat. Before handing the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the day over to all of you, I have a question for the uh, four side, uh, for uh, Gregor and for Francis. Elaine has mentioned as part of her argument the legacy issue, um, that indeed the art world has been a boys' club because history has been a boys' club. Uh, uh, and Charles again reminded us uh, with his eloquent way that we have to, uh, the, the, the resolution is in fact in the present tense. And with his statistics brought to bear the uh, overwhelming evidence that things are changing. Uh, yes, 
in 1962 years ago, the abstract expressionist group was predominantly men. I would say, you know, what was that, 16 to 2? Uh, but if that same uh, uh, picture were to be taken today with an equivalent group, let's say uh, the uh, uh, um, Saatchi's, you know, uh, uh, British uh, British group. I'm sure the the gender uh, would be a little bit uh, skewed differently. So, can you respond to that? Uh, can I ask you each to respond to the to the legacy issue? Are things changing, and ca what can you concede or tell us about that? Well, let me let me just to pick up a, a little bit on that. Um, I think things are slowly changing. I mean, in my lifetime uh, as a professional, uh, the world has changed, and I think the prospects for my kids, my, my daughter, are, uh, are much better than they were in, in some ways when I started out. But let's think also, what, that, what does that really mean? I mean, trend is, trend is move very, very slowly. Think about the Turner Prize, and I think the Turner Prize does capture the state of the art. And the Turner Prize has been um, running now for 25 years or so, and uh, 28, sorry, 28 years. We have had 28 winners. Out of those 28 winners, five have been women. Mm. Now, I think that's, you know, there's, there's, there's a, that's quite a sobering thought, and that's capturing, you know, really the cream of the crop. And I've mentioned in my, uh, my remarks how difficult it is for women to come through the system and how it continues to be very difficult for women to come through. And those that are coming through are still not achieving in institutional terms at the same level as men. Now, I think, I think we should resist the complacency of thinking that change is good enough. Mm -hmm. We really need to look at you know, smashing through this, ending the boys' club. And on the present trend, we're talking about decades I shall be long gone when we come back to debate this issue. Uh, Gregor? Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. I think that what we're talking about is really super positive if we talk about this uh, change and this idea that there are more women in art, there are more women artists, there are more women in senior positions in commercial galleries and institutions. But that's trend, and that's happening mm. within the, 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 the overriding condition of the art world being a boys' club. Mm -hmm. Do you have any response to that? Do you want to come back and defend your, uh, any of your, of your, your positions? I'm happy to Elaine? Okay, you I, first. I, no, I insist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, again, what we're debating today is not so much, you know, whether there are more successful male artists or more successful female artists. It's for the female people working in the art world um, if they... Uh, choose to go ahead and to continue in the and working in the field if they are going to be faced with biases and uh, on the basis of their gender and I would say that is completely not true and for the two young ladies here in the front if you choose to work in the art world I say you have a good chance of becoming CEO or owning your own gallery as long as you take your clothes off you certainly have no 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 nobody at our firm works naked you have a really good chance to come and get a job with me um you know, I want to say we're talking about the art world. We are not talking about numbers of female artists in museum collections. Complain to Francis about that. 
I'm doing if you my doubt, best. If you doubt that things are changing, join me in Venice. Where we're, we're, this year we're represented by Joan Jonas. Two years ago we were represented by Sarah C. Two years before that it was Jennifer Alora, along with her husband. And before that it was Louise Bourgeois. So you're talking about it. It's, not, it's more than a trend. It's already historical. The art world that I inhabit, I inhabit because of the women who inspired me. The people who continue to inspire me are women. In fact, this debate is six to two. I don't know what Gregor's <laughs> talking about. <laughs> uh, some of you also mentioned the elephant in the room as being a question of quality. Uh, that, a, Francis, you mentioned that, that uh, Brian Soros, uh, that actually is just a question of, you know, men are just better artists. Uh, Who's making those decisions? I mean, all of us here work in the art world. We're sitting around the tables deciding about who is going to be on the cover of Art Forum, who is going to be the, uh, on the cover of the Christie's catalog, who's going to be given exhibitions at the Guggenheim and the Tate or at ICA. Um, Let's face it, there are a lot more women. All of you have pointed to trends where there are more women sitting around the table. But can any of you shed light on how those decisions are finally made? Because it seems, if I'm going back to Francis and Greg, uh, Gregor's side, the, the decisions are still weighing on the side of uh, promoting men in those positions of uh, uh, exhibition and acquisition decisions. Okay, so let, I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the program, because Gregor mentioned uh, that we have a great program for women at the Tate this year. We have shows by Marlena Duma, um, Sonia Delaunay, Agnes Martin, Dorothea Tanning, Kathy Wilkes, all fantastically brilliant artists, extraordinarily accomplished, and they are, you know, they're up there. But isn't it interesting that none of those artists will box office, I guarantee, in the way that Polka or Richter or Matisse or Picasso box office. We live in a world in public institutions where we have to monetize our program. We will not exist as a museum if people do not come to see our shows. So the bottom line is that if you do a program full of those wonderfully rich, complex, interesting women artists, we are going to be out of pocket by the end of the year. Uh, do we Charles. really choose artists on the basis of gender? Or is there some, uh, are, are there aesthetics at work? I, we, we had a debate here a couple of years ago, and it was the market is the best judge of art's quality. Now, you'd think a proposal like that would have some legs in Hong Kong. But no, it was voted down in deference to what Matthew Collins called your heart. You know, if a painting sells for $250 million at auction, that stops my heart. So... <laughs> I would only say that I do believe that there are certain things at work. I think if you look at aggregate numbers of practicing artists, there probably are more men. So I think the numbers would lend themselves to that. But honestly, I don't work at a museum. I don't make acquisitions. I work with people, the best and the brightest people I can find. They tend to be women. Sorry, guys. Alexandra, I mean, just really briefly, I I agree. We, we, We all love women in this situation for sure. But the point is that... At the end of the day, we are programming according to the idea of redressing the balance. We want to support women artists. We want to give women artists more of a career, more of a future, more ways in which they can get their voice into the world. And the reason why we do that is because up until now, it's been a boys' club. And that's Mm -hmm. how we are programming our institutions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, I think we're ready to take some questions from the floor. Okay, you want to go first? Um, clearly, there's no, no such thing as affirmative action in the art market. Uh, but my question is, 
given, given this sort of general conclusion that women's work is undervalued uh, in the art market, what are the economics of both acquisition and uh, the auction market? You'd think on the auction side, uh, you'd be promoting women artists because you can make a greater, your margins are higher. On the acquisition side, your money goes farther. Okay. Is that, what's, what's your question? I need, I, need a, I need a question mark at the oh, end. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the question is, um, given the, undervalu- given the uh, low valuations for women's work in the art market, are you taking advantage of that or thinking of taking advantage of that um, simply on an economic basis? You have higher margins on the one side, your resources stretch you know, farther I'm, than the I'm, other. I, with all due respect, I'm going to dismiss that question because it is not directly pertinent to the, to the resolution, is the art world a boys club or not? That gets into the mechanism of how we run museums, and I'm not, I, think, I think we're going to pass. Sorry. Can I get some more? Yes. I just wonder, this is addressed to all of you, if the motion would make more sense rather than is the art world a boys club should be amended to is the art is the art world a boys club under siege because it seems to me that's really more what we're talking about uh, that also is not a question no, that I'm, just, is a I'm wondering, I'm wondering um, if you and agree the, with that. Your, your chance to vote on that is coming up shortly <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about that though it's a question yes yes I'm, okay. wondering, I'm addressing that under question. siege I, okay yeah. I, I, fair enough okay one more question yes For, uh, first here And I ask them, uh, uh, is the situation is like uh, the women actually is playing a boy game, uh-huh. a boy's game, instead of just boys that, uh, statistically, but the game itself is very martial, very masculine, very aggressive. Thank you. Okay. Yes, in the back. Gentleman in the back. My question is, would we, would we still be thinking that the current art world is a boys' world if more art was bought that was uh, drawn by women? I'm, that's what I'm confused about. So there's a lot of statistics mentioned today, and I just wanted to understand, if more and more art was bought that was uh, drawn or painted by women, would we still think, would, would that be a solution to the, to the proposition that the art world is dominated as a boys' club? I think we're going to leave it there for a moment. Um, I think we're going to take the, the uh, Valerie's question of uh, are we under siege or not? Is that really, we're not going to change the debate, but it sort of comes back to my question is are things changing radically enough to really alter the, the fundamental dynamics? Um, are we under siege? And maybe we could uh, ask what more can we do to uh, strengthen that siege? Um, Charles, are we under siege? Um, no, I, I actually think the proposition is kind of ridiculous. A- and I think that women won long ago. They control the whole show. I think any, any man who thinks that just because of his uh, gender has uh, purchased in the art world is delusional. Um, I seek the favor of the women around me, and that includes the women who work for Art Forum. Because, uh, quite honestly, um, I just know more practicing women in the art world than men. I'm not talking about the artists. The artists alone don't comprise the art world. Um, the character and quality of museum collections gender 
in terms of gender, doesn't characterize the art world for me. The, That's a historical mm. thing that, ha- that changes in. every day. I'm going to jump in here because changing. this is it's absolute madness to say that the artists aren't part of the debate. I didn't say they're we not part of it. They're not the whole art, part We wouldn't of it. have the debate. We wouldn't have the art world without artists at the core. And, you know, what is, what is really striking about this is the, the amazing volume of statistics that demonstrate clearly that women are really coming through strongly as critics, as curators, as dealers, as auctioneers, um, you know, as uh, art handlers, uh, the, 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 as people who deal with the marketing and development. I mean, I have a very strong cohort of women colleagues at the Tate. I love them. They're great to work with. And still nothing changes. Still the art on the wall is predominantly by men. Still the auction houses, the top ten results are, are, are male and they continue to but be... But isn't that a girls' club determining who gets to be a member of the collection? It's a, uh, I, I don't think it is. I think it's boys' club rules. A gentleman over here talked about exactly that. You, I think, sorry, female talked about that. I mean, that. how does that there work? Still, if a woman is a kind, making okay, all the decisions... We, uh, let's talk about false consciousness or something, you know? This. <laughs> <laughs> That's the future. To drop, drop gender altogether. Um... I mean, Did you want to respond, Charles? Yes. I, 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 of course it's the artists. We wouldn't, none of us would be here without the artists. But I think if, if, if women are in all the positions of power and the collections continue to, to favor men, well, can you blame the men? No, but you can blame the boys' club. <laughs> Who's in the club? Because the boys' club is about (laughs) the system, it's about tradition, it's about networks of power, it's about privilege, it's about education, and it's about what surrounds the art world, and that's the world of high finance, it's the world of industry, it's the world of politics. I I think that's naive. I think artists are revolutionary characters who all come into the profession with the idea that they're going to change things. So if things remain the same as a consequence of the institutions, and the institutions are run by women, how can you blame the boys? Okay. Uh, d- uh, <laughs> blame the boys, come on. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to let that one hang there. It's all um, your fault, you know. <laughs> ah. You're in charge of acquisitions. I just report on what we find. You write the news. <laughs> Okay, so thank you very much. That concludes our discussion uh, portion of the uh, debate. I want to thank the debaters very, very much and uh, the audience for some excellent questions. As you can see, the ushers are now coming around to gather your votes. You can uh, uh, tear the uh, ballot for or against, or if you're still undecided, throw the whole ballot into the box. And while the ushers are doing that, I'm going to turn again to our debaters for their summing up uh, uh, arguments. So if I could um, get, uh, get, get to your attention once more, I'm going to uh, turn to Charles and ask for his one to two minute uh, summary uh, statements arguing against the motion, uh, the art world is a boys club. Charles? This is the, the meaningless moment because you're all voting, so it hardly matters what I say. Um, the very first time I came to Hong Kong, they said, there's only three people you have to know in this town. I said, really? They said, yeah, Claire Sue, Jane Debevoise, and Katie DeTilly. I said, well, what about Johnson Chang? They said, oh, yeah, him too. Okay, that's your concluding. <laughs> Very good. Francis, uh, arguing for the motion, the art world is a boys' club. Okay, so I'm going to use the opportunity now to do a little bit of consciousness raising. I've travelled the world over the last five years, and I've met some amazing artists. I've met Marilena Mukherjee in Delhi, Olga Jevrik 
in Belgrade, Anna Lupash in Bucharest, Carmen Herrera in New York, Salara Rueda Shukar in Beirut, Neil Yalta in Istanbul, Tomio Otake in Sao Paulo. If you have all heard of those artists, then you can disagree with the motion. But if you haven't heard of those artists and you don't know how extraordinary they are and how important to the history of the art, then you must support the motion that the art world is a boys' club. Thank you, Francis. Uh, arguing against the motion, Elaine Kwak, your summary uh, remarks, please. Thanks. Um, I just want to say again that the art world historically was a boys' club, but that's no longer the case. We are no longer in 1930s China when the artist Pan Yuliang was faced with discrimination as professor of fine art at the National Central University of Nanjing. Um, when Hans Hoffmann uh, said to Lee Krasner in 1937, he said, her work was so good you would not know it was done by a woman. I cannot imagine any woman in the art world being spoken to in that way today, so I hope you will support uh, against the motion. <laughs> okay. I, yes, yeah, Gregor. I, I love the idea of the boys' club under siege and in a way occupy the boys' club is uh, pretty much the position of the guerrilla girls and, 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 and they've had to do this. Um, earlier I talked about women artists in relation to the art world uh, saying about poor representation of women in leading museums both in terms of key jobs and their presence in the exhibition program. I also spoke about the need for collectors to be more conscientious about collecting women artists saying all of this I hope to impart an inset, a, a sense of how difficult it is for women to succeed in the art world. On so many levels, art, women artists are strong, yet they remain underrepresented and commercially undervalued. To put it simply, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here having to have this discussion today if it weren't for the fact that the art world is dominated by men. The art world is often viewed as a force for good, opposed to the norms and conventions of the day, yet it clearly needs to redress its gender balance. We need to evict the male-orientated gaze or male experience from the apple of the art world's eye. Only then might we see the more, mi- the more mindful collecting of women artists, not just by women but by everyone, which might then afford individual artists the possibility of being supported in a way that will see them through the tougher challenges in life. But does the scope for positive change after the fundamental reality of today? But does this scope for positive change, forgive me, uh, alter uh, the fundamental reality of today's art world? It does not. The art world is a boys' club. Vote yes to the motion and do the right thing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, While, uh, thank you very much. This was extremely enlightening, uh, vivacious, uh, sobering. Uh, I want to give a round of applause to our debaters for a really substantive debate. And before I announce the, uh, how you debated, both uh, uh, pre and uh, after the debate, I, uh, how you voted, I just want to uh, step out of my role as moderator and share a little bit of historical perspective. I think mm-hmm. historical perspective was at the heart of what all of us were discussing today. Uh, in 1989, I organized a retrospective of Yayoi Kusama at the short-lived uh, Center for International Contemporary Arts in New York, 
we uh, uh, canvassed uh, collections that very few people had known at the time um, of her paintings and accumulation sculptures and installations of the 1950s and 60s, uh, both in the United States, across Europe, where, of course, Kusama had been active in the uh, mid-60s and into the early 70s, as well as in Japan. The total market value of those works of art spanning 40 years of Yayoi Kusama's career in 1989 was about $20,000. Last year, in 2014, Yayoi Kusama was ranked as the second leading uh, uh, woman artist in the global art market, with total sales of 190460619 with 3,232 lots sold. She's prolific. Uh, So uh, that just gives you a little sense of uh, that I I think from my side, there has been some, uh, the needle has moved somewhat forward. Uh, Pre-debate. Again, uh, for the motion, the Our World is a Boys Club, you voted 56%. Against the motion uh, was 23% and undecided 21%. Oh, my goodness. Um, So after the debate, for the motion is 49%. um, Against the motion is 50%. And undecided is 1%. So here we are in Hong Kong. Shame on you. Uh, Everyone can collect their $10 at the door. Uh, So I I think progress has been made. Uh, Thank you all for your uh, wonderful debate and participation. And please go enjoy an art world that is boys club and increasingly a women's club. Thank you for listening. You can download more Intelligent Square podcasts free on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you'd like to find out more about our events, sign up to our newsletter at intelligencesquared.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.